It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like usual, it is I, your host, Jacob DeLawrence. And as always, I got my boy, Sid, Ryan Shotgun, with me. Sid, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Jacob. Looking forward to talking Worlds Collide and making this a weekly thing where we can actually review the NXT show. A lot of stuff to discuss. Uh, yeah, it's been a very busy week for the Black and Gold brand. And actually, it's been a busy week for NXT UK, too. Like we said, Worlds Collide was this past weekend. We had the Rumble. And, of course, we had this week's NXT episode, and we're going to break down all of that. But before we do, just want to let everybody know, go ahead and make sure you give us a follow on Twitter. Follow me, at underscore Jdella. Go ahead and follow Sed, at Sed underscore Says, and that's Sed with two Ds. And follow the nice people over at Believe. That's at Believe Podcast. Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V. And... In case you're familiar, in case you're not familiar or you're new to us around here, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. When I tell you Believe has a podcast for almost any and every interest, I mean it. Matter of fact, you can go to Believe.com, click on shows, and you'll see that there are currently 198 podcasts, this one included. So we got everything for you. If you're a football fan, the big game is coming up Sunday. We got the podcast for the Niners. We got a podcast for the Chiefs. If you like to bet, we got several sports betting podcasts because I know there's somebody looking for the most obscure prop bet possible. Like the first touchdown, I'll be throwing left-handed by Patrick Mahomes on the 25-yard line. Sammy Watkins will shake five defenders. Something weird and random. Somebody's looking and itching for it. And I promise you, we got a podcast that'll probably give you the best bet at some of the best upcoming prop bets. So again, believe.com. Click on shows. You'll find any and everything underneath the sun for you. And if you don't, please let me know on Twitter so I can tell my bosses because I don't think it's possible. But in case you don't, you know, just let us know. So, uh, Sid, without further ado, want to go ahead and get into this and we can uh, start things with recapping Worlds Collide? Yeah, let's talk Worlds Collide. Re- real quick, what was your favorite match from the card? Uh, you know, the easy pick is to say the main event, but honestly, I think it may have been the four-way, the Cruiserweight title match. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, we talked about that last week with the Cruiserweights. We were pretty convinced that they were going to let Garza retain, but we said that there was, a, there was a shimmer of hope that Devlin would come out the winner, and they pulled the trigger, man. What you think about that? It shocked me. I was sitting on the couch watching it, and I actually popped sitting on my couch, and I was like, oh, Mia said we're right. I was like, I really didn't think they were going to do it because if you watch the finish, it looked like it almost didn't seem right. It didn't look, it looked like Garza was going to break up the pin and stopped. Yeah. Looked like he was, like he he had every inch of room to break up the pin and like he like did one of those little lazy falls and just stopped. Like kind of Charlie Horse out of nowhere. Yeah. So I wonder what that means for him going forward because I mean, 
he had really good chemistry with Leo Rush, and now he didn't. Man, he has, has he had the title for? Yeah, he held the title for less than a month, right? Uh, yeah, let me see here. I'm actually going to look that up. It may have been. It may have been a month at most. Yeah, they took. I thought they, um, especially with WWE looking for um, its next uh, Hispanic stars. I thought that he was going to have that belt for a while just to build up um, not only the cruiserweight division, but I think they WWE maybe got wind of just a quick curveball uh, with wanting to shed some light on NXT UK and. Um, Devlin was the guy. He's kind of been paying his dues over there. So I can see why they did that. I'm, I'm very interested to see who he feuds with first. And I think the money is on uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. I was going to say, it definitely looks like it's going to be Swerve because the way they set it up at the end of the match with Devlin yeah. blowing Swerve the kiss and everything, it, it just feels right. And Swerve, honestly, came out that match looking like money, if you ask me. Yes, I agree. Agree 100%. 100%. Uh, let's see. Garza held the belt for 45 days. Okay. A month and a half. Yep, he won it on December 11th. Yeah, I wonder what that means for him within the title picture, unless it, like, um, if he just goes to the back or what happens. But, I mean, we talked about the cruiserweight division and when it was at its height. I mean, this can only do wonders for the cruiserweight division uh, going forward, especially now it's I it's – going to be focused on NXT now and not so much 205 Live. No, nothing but promising things I'm seeing uh, by having this division get, just grow. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I feel like the best thing for them is being under the NXT banner with 205 Live usually getting canceled or changed like days before or the day of the taping. Giving them one or two matches, a little spotlight on NXT every week helps them out. And with Devlin having the title, that also gives some spotlight on NXT UK because the Brian Kendrick has been over there recently. Travis Banks, who was in the four-way, put on a heck of a show. He's over there. So you have options. Definitely options. That's the thing. You just have – the Cruiserweight division has something that it hasn't had in a long time, and that's, and that's depth. Depth of talent, depth of different storylines you can make. It, it just seems like it's going to flourish. Um my favorite match from Worlds Collide, the one that really just had me really in suspense, was the DIY Mustache Mountain. That what that match was on ten from beginning all the way to the finish, and I I, I can't say I was shocked that they went with DIY. I thought there was going to be some way they would give Mustache Mountain a rub, but of course um, DIY came out successful. But that match, I feel like we're going to be talking about that match in December as a match of the year candidate, and we're only in January right now. Oh, yeah, it was a, definitely a great match. And the thing I loved about it is how, like, the first half of the match was, like, this friendly whole little, oh, you know, let's show a little respect. Let's play, you know, let's get a little feel for each other, a little test here, a little test there. And then, like, halfway through it just clicked, and they went just nonstop to the finish. And I felt like that's when the match picked up and really became great. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff from uh, – you see that the chemistry between Gargano and Ciampa has went nowhere – they told a story in the ring. I think my favorite part of the match was when DIY was going to hit their uh, their finisher on Tyler Bate, and then Trent Seven goes to cover him and doesn't want it to happen. And then they, I forget the name of the move, but then they they both clock 
each member a DIY right there yeah. in the ring. Like that, that type of match storytelling just doesn't exist anywhere outside of NXT. Oh, yeah. Trent Seven definitely plays his role. I say probably better than most people in the company can play that role. Oh, yeah. Of that lovable vet that is there. You know he's probably going to lose, but he's going to get in a good bit of offense. You're going to believe in him. And, yeah, he ends up taking a loss. But Tyler Bate came out looking like a huge star. For those that might not have been familiar with Tyler Bate, I feel like this was a great showcase for him. Because I, when he did the um, test of strength with Ciampa, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Nice little showcase moment. We'd love to see that type of stuff. Good traditional uh, match moments right there. Yeah. But Tyler Bate, I mean, like I said, Tyler Bate, um, he, he's, he's definitely a star. What they can do with him, I think they're kind of just taking their time with him rather than strapping a rocket ship to his back. Yeah, he's 21, 22 years old, like we've discussed before. So it's kind of like you're not in a rush. But also, you do want to strike while the iron is hot. And speaking of Tyler Bate, another thing that they could do with him is Devlin. They can run that back and put the Cruiserweight title on the line this time. Yeah, that would be a nice first match, first feud uh, for Devlin. Uh, And he'll be on NXT next week to give his address um, to the Cruiserweight division. So that would be something to, to see exactly how they're going to blend NXT UK with the Cruiserweight title now. Oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like I made mention of the last episode, it gives NXT UK a mid-card title, although it only applies to a few people, but it also gives them something else. So that's definitely going to make that brand a lot better. And that's the main thing. The other matches on Worlds Collide, of course, um, let's get this one out the way Uh <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. I don't think we got to talk much about it. They they ran it back uh, old feud, and I don't think anybody felt that Tony Storm was going to win this match. Not at all. At, there may have been a brief moment in the match where I was like, "Oh, they might pull it." And I was like, "Nah." It was a solid match for those that have been watching Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm in NXT UK. They've probably had one or two better matches. Still great storytelling. But, yeah, nothing too, too special. And like we both said, there was no way they were pulling the title for Rhea. Nah, way too soon. Way too soon. And then what, what else do we see at NXT that led? Well, Ilya Dragunov, Finn Balor. I took the L there. I thought that they were going to give the rub to Dragunov. He definitely came out looking strong and looking like a, a big pillar in NXT UK. But, um, again, they're really pushing Balor with the whole Finn doesn't miss thing, which it's it's great. Um, Hill Finn has been – probably if not the biggest character since coming back to NXT. I mean, he's definitely top three. Oh yeah, definitely. And like you said, Dragon all looked like money out of that. And I for a second was like, Oh, they're really finna give Dragon all a huge win. Kind of set him up for Walter, maybe down the road, but yeah, Hill Finn doesn't miss. He's looking great. And honestly, you probably keep him out of the title picture for, Maybe a couple more months to write about Money in the Bank SummerSlam time frame. Yeah, he doesn't like he. He's looking great enough without a title with just having one-on-one feuds like that match with Gargano at Takeover Portland is probably going to be the best match of the night easily. They have the story, they have the background, they're able to tell a story, and and yeah, I expect that match to deliver. Oh yeah, that is probably going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. 
So what do you think about the the main event with Imperium and Undisputed Era? Do you feel like they succeeded in making Washer look strong again? Yes, yes, they did. And also, somebody uh, go check on Alexander Wolf real quick. Man, man. It, I, I, don't, I don't think Bobby Fish is known to to make mistakes like that, but he kicked my man straight in, in the face. <laughs> oh, no, Wolf said it was all on him. Wolf did a tweet, I think that night or the next morning, and was like, it's completely on me. I should know better, you know, chin up. Because um, he took it square in the face. Yeah, that altered the trajectory of the entire match because what you would imagine, um, you you would imagine to see a lot more normal moments in that match, but it became four on three and Imperium still wins, which for fans that were in attendance, I don't know if they felt like it was believable, but I think that I think if there was some audibles in the match, Walter sold them all perfectly as far as playing himself up as the big monster and the biggest person uh, or the biggest threat in the, on, on, on either side. Oh yeah. I mean, even if it is, even if it was four on three and some people are like, that's not believable. Have you, have you not looked at Walter? Like I haven't seen Walter in person, but just looking at Walter on a TV screen, standing next to people like Alexander Wolf and Wolf is like six foot one, six, two, like Wolf is a relatively solid big person and you put him next to Walter and he looks small. So if you tell me Undisputed Era, which none of them I think are barely over six feet, if that, are standing, are going up against Imperium and one of the members of Imperium is Walter, yeah, I could believe that Imperium walked out if it was four on three. Yep, 100%. But yeah, they made Walter look like a star. I mean, the man took an Olympic slam from Roddy through a table and I was like, oh, "Oh, we're done here. Let's go home. Yeah, it's time to start uh, – and, and this might be something that's talked about in circles already. It's time to already start claiming Roddy is the best wrestler in uh, Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. There's, like, no doubt that Roddy, just in terms of pure technical wrestling ability, is the best one in Undisputed Era because he's the messiah, the backbreaker for a reason, and the man can just go. Yeah. He had some big moments in that match, and definitely big moments. And we called it um, that Bobby Fish is going to take the pin, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. it's just it's how things just kind of set up. If you notice how WWE books things, they tend to protect groups. Like individual members in a group, they usually don't have somebody eat back-to-back pins. And then, yep. you know, you got Cole as the champ. So logically, it was like, yep, yeah, Fish will probably get powerbombed to Oblivion. And sure enough, he got powerbombed to Oblivion. Which is surprising. I mean, you would think that with Roddy taking the most recent loss, that the loss doesn't hurt him as much because he already lost the title uh, recently. But, and of course, uh, the tag team champs are going to be taking on some the Dusty Rhodes Classic winners now. Yep. And, uh, real quick before we leave, before we walk away from Worlds Collide, can we talk about the chops that Walter just handed out to everybody? Ooh, man, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Those chops. Those chops. We man. They they can be a finisher. Honestly, they should be. He can really finish they should let him finish ma- especially against smaller opponents. They should let him finish matches like that. You know who else impressed me? Um Fabian Eichner. He he did something like the was it the uh, springboard? Yep. 
Moonsault? Yep. I didn't know he had that. <laughs> I didn't know he had that. That was pretty damn impressive. And, and there was another moment where he, I believe he caught uh, Kyle O'Reilly out of the air for a brain buster. Yeah. Like caught him in the brain buster position and held it. I'm definitely becoming more of a fan of Eichner and Bartel because I remember back when NXT UK was like first getting its legs and before Imperium former Walter first got there, they were basically nobodies. And I was like, I could see something here, but they just aren't doing it for me. You stick them with Walter, you give them a little more ring time. And I'm huge fans of these guys now. Cause like you said, oh, yeah. Eichner just, he seems to impress on big stages. Like we mentioned last week, there's only a few people in the company that have like that type of world worldly strength. Like Tyler Bate, Cesaro, and now I'm seeing Fabian Eichner be able to do that those same feats, which is just it's very impressive. Yeah, to catch a grown man in brainbuster position and to hold it is really impressive. And be able to hold him in the air after that too, being able to level it out. Like that was like I was like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't, think, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. but um, And then um, the, the, we didn't get to touch on this, but the pre-show, uh, Kaylee Ray, Mia Yim. Kaylee Ray went over Mia Yim, which she probably should because she's the NXT UK Women's Champion. And there's talk that Kaylee Ray has already invited Mia Yim to run it back. So maybe we see that on the upcoming edition of NXT. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It gives Mia Yim something to do kind of keeps her away from the main title picture so she doesn't get lost in that shuffle while they try to sort it out going into Mania. Plus, gives Kaylee Ray something to do as well because, like I said, the NXT UK women's division kind of lacks star power. Yeah, it, li- it lacks that go-to. Since, since Ripley's gone, it kind of definitely lacks that uh, that punch. Yeah, so we send Mia Yim across the pond for a couple weeks. Yeah, why not? And I, I think that should be a thing where this Worlds Collide thing could branch out to a bigger – it's not just like an annual event. Maybe some superstars do go across the pond more just to compete for their titles, just to add more eyes to the NXT brand overall. I can totally see that. I, I can totally see um, Mia Yim challenging for the title or something of that nature, or maybe even uh, Basler going over there and holding it down over there for a while. Oh, man, Shayna in NXT UK. Oh, boy, that'd be great because they would boo her out of every last arena, and I would love every last second of it. <laughs> yep. I mean, you never know. She can go from number 30 in the Rumble to NXT UK Women's Champion. And, yeah, and speaking of the Rumble, let's just go ahead and talk about NXT's presence. You want to start with the men or the women? Uh, Yeah, start with the women. Let's start All with the women because right. yeah. the, the, the results were obviously – one way, but there was there was a strong NXT women's presence in the Royal Rumble, and it starts with Bianca Belair. Oh, boy. That might be one of the most impressive Rumble runs I've seen men or women in a while. Mm-hmm. Because she was just out there giving everybody that work, staving off eliminations herself. She looked like a star. If their goal was to go out there and get her over – and make her big time, they hit that out the park. No questions asked. It was like a Barry Bonds home run into McCovey Cove. Like, it was just done. 
And man, <laughs> it, it, and really the way she performed in that rumble, setting the elimination record, it makes you think. And 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 of course you got to build people up. It makes you think. Why wouldn't they put the title on her in Portland? I thought she was going to win the Rumble. There's definitely a chance. Barring some like crazy surprises, there's definitely a chance. I mean, she performed well enough that she took the top spot in your power rankings, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Bianca? Bianca has actually, she jumped from, I want to say, around that five, six range all the way back up to number two. I still have, I give Rhea Ripley the champion's advantage in the the power rankings just because she capped off uh, 2019 so strong and then had one title defense where she just defeated Tony Storm. But Bianca Belair, it was kind of hovering around in mediocrity after her few moments last year where she was undefeated and she's right back like she never left showing why she's probably the biggest threat in the women's division on any brand, if done correctly. Oh, definitely. And that's the key thing is if she's handled correctly. And in a, NXT, she'll be handled correctly. For like Triple H and HBK, they'll handle her properly. It becomes the issue of if she ever ends up on Raw or SmackDown. Well, actually, I think more so SmackDown than Raw because I feel like Heyman would handle her correctly. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Heyman would get it. Heyman probably get the best out of her. Yeah, it becomes kind of iffy if she goes to SmackDown, but she was a star coming out of this weekend. Thought she was going to win it. She didn't. Did you see that elimination that uh, she hit Alexa Bliss with? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they don't care about Alexa Bliss anymore because for somebody who has had countless concussions and issues related to concussions, you want to eliminate her with a with a post spot man <laughs> i don't yeah, know if that man. was her putting her hands up that made that thud or if that was her actual head but still i hope it was her hands i, I would hope it was her hands because that that spot's not good for her at all at all i was like oh they don't care about her that's that's great but presence alone standing i think we had candace LeRae, shotzi blackheart um bianca belair Shayna. Or Shayna at number 30. There's was, there was some pretty, definitely some strong NXT present there, which shows the power of the of the entire roster and NXT brand as a whole. Um, Tegan I Knox. Think Tegan Knox came in at 28. Yep, she came in at 28. I, th- I think what people expected was, I know we saw Bianca Belair dominate in the beginning, but when Shayna Baszler came out at 30, I think everybody collectively thought, oh, game over. That was me. I was like, oh, okay, hey, my pick is going to be right. And no, of course not. Of course not. Nope. That's just not how we write things in WWE. And we're going to regurgitate the same old song. Um, we're going to give it to the one person who does not need it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's cool is, and I, and I talk about this, um, or I, I, th- I think I've talked about this with a few friends, is there makes it does make sense from the standpoint of Charlotte winning and wanting to capture a title that she's never had, and they're already teeing up the the fact that she might challenge the NXT Women's Champion, um, which which would be cool. I mean, somebody who wants the accolades. I believe the only um, Grand Slam champion in the women's division is Bailey. Hold on, Charlotte never won the NXT Women's title. Nope. 
Huh. Huh. So I believe her challenging for the NXT title, of course, with with, with who people think it, Rhea Ripley is, people think that's like looking at Charlotte. Could be something. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. That's what I've heard, and I'm actually glad that if you go that route, that's better than giving me Charlotte Becky part 50,000 or Charlotte Bailey or Charlotte Sasha part 80,000, like we've seen these movies. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to see it again, and there's really no build-up there to make it relevant again for fans to want to digest that another way. So, yeah, if that happens, and awesome, and then we look at the men's Royal Rumble NXT presence. I think the biggest name, obviously, was was Keith Lee. Oh yeah, and look, CM Punk said last week, and I think me and you both even kind of agreed to an extent. I was like, you know what, screw it, just have Keith Lee win. But I think they may have made a bigger star out of Keith Lee just by those five or so minutes he was in the ring than had he won. Exactly. It was just it was just the fact that his music hits, and then somebody like Brock Lesnar, who's trashing everybody, acknowledges this man and Keith Lee and is not intimidated per se, but respects him. That that was the ultimate rub coming from Brock Lesnar, who doesn't give guys a lot of rubs. If you if you heard about the backstage altercation he had with Matt Riddle. Yep. And Matt Riddle got eliminated by uh, Baird Corbin almost in seconds as soon as he got in there. Yeah, Matt Riddle was in there for like two minutes. He hit Edge with a knee and then was like tossed out the ring that quick. But um, yeah, Keith Lee came out. He knocked Brock off his feet. I think he was the first person to actually get any worthwhile offense in on Brock that wasn't in the form of a three-on-one jumping. And shame on them for that. <laughs> shame um, on them. They had one job, one job when it came to Brock, and that was just let Kofi get, his, get it back. Get, get your moment, Kofi. Get your moment, man. What job? Why, 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 why couldn't Kofi give him the low blow? Why, why you give it to Ricochet? Well, storytelling. I get why you give it to Ricochet for storytelling, but you could have had Kofi hit Brock with a trouble in paradise. He did, but it, almost but it, but it eliminate Brock. <laughs> yeah, almost have Brock thrown over the ropes, and then Brock just hulks up or something. Something. Exactly, like, it could have been anything, but. They they missed that moment to like have the crowd lose their minds when because the crowd lost their mind when Kofi came to the ring that was a given but to have them get like a couple shots in and then get thrown around just to get eliminated um, the way he did I, even if they did go the three on one route like they gotta do better they gotta do better yeah. long term storytelling here just do better yeah because I think Michael Cole made a like comment, I don't know if he meant to or not, but he's like, "Oh, Kofi lasted longer in this than he did in his title match, or something to that effect." Yeah, and I did. was like, "We really didn't need that reminder because most of us haven't forgot." But you know, for those that may have, we we didn't need a reminder. Yeah, because we're not we haven't forgiven yet. Yes, it, his title match was less than ten seconds, and then you tried to butter us up by making him a tag team champion again, like two weeks later. Yeah. Not only that, it was just like, oh, you know what? I don't even want to try to run it back with Brock. You know, like we're just going to drop it completely. Yeah, we don't. We don't even care. We don't. We don't. We don't want world titles anymore. Yeah, but okay, that, that's that's great television, there, guys. Great television. And then what? Who else is so? We had Keith Lee, 
Matt Riddle. Was there any other NXT superstar? Let's see, I got lists right here. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. That was it because it was Brock, Elias, Roman, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, whatever you want to call him, Morrison, Kofi, Ray, Biggie, Cesaro, Shelton, Shinsuke, MVP, Keith Lee, Braun, Ricochet, Drew, Miz, AJ, Dolph, Carl Anderson, Edge, which was a shock, and I also popped. Big pop for that. Probably the best return I've seen since The Rock came back as the host of WrestleMania. Like, when Edge walked through that pyro, and he just kind of had that look on his face where he was like, one, they still love me, and two, he's like, I'm really about to do this. Like, you can tell it's a genuine look. This is real. I I think I've watched that that clip maybe maybe a hundred times this week. Oh, yeah, I've had to run it back. and It doesn't get old. Almost, like, got tears because it's just like, 10 years ago, you thought he was done. And it's crazy that that's actually, it was 2011. It, yeah, it's crazy that it was that long ago. Like, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. It really doesn't. And let's see. Corbin, Riddle, Gallows, Orton, Reigns, Owens, Alistair, Samoa, and Seth. So, yeah. Only two NXT stars. Keith Lee came out looking like money. If he's not either NXT champ or Universal or WWE champ by the end of the year, somebody messed up somewhere. In case you guys haven't noticed, me and said love to give you guys a whole bunch of analysis, thoughts, and opinions with our content. So what we ended up doing was breaking things down into three individual episodes. This first part that you just listened to, that was us breaking down Worlds Collide and NXT's presence in the Royal Rumble. We're going to go ahead and move forward into a second part right after this where we break down this week's NXT up into the main event of the Dusty Classic. And then that third episode this week from us will be us breaking down the Dusty Classic results along with the history of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which to say the least is very interesting and not fair to tag teams surprisingly. So just stick around for that episode. But like I said, this has been our Worlds Collide wrap-up and our Royal Rumble wrap-up. We're just going to go ahead and slide right into the breakdown for NXT this week. And then after that episode, you get the Dusty Classic. So enjoy. You get a nice three-piece special from us. Like always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at underscore Jdella, at said underscore says, and that's said with two Ds. And of course, the nice people that believe, at Believe Podcast. Let us know any thoughts, opinions that you have. If you're liking this multiple episode a week format, let us know. If you want just one long episode, let us know. We are here for you, the listener. So I'm going to shut up. You hear the outro music playing. We're just going to go ahead and roll right into that next episode because you should have it already downloaded on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. We got it. Or if you're listening on Believe.com, I'm shutting up right now. We're rolling right into a breakdown for NXT of the week of January the 29th. Peace.